Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and today I have the honor of introducing you to Keenan Whitman. Keenan studied abroad at Franklin in the spring of 2020 and actually graduated this year from Emerson College in Boston with a degree in creative writing. Currently, he's in Athens as we record, and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna, that introduction was great. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's get into it. So, obviously, you know, you studied abroad in the height of COVID, which is definitely a unique experience. But I was just wondering, could you tell us more about what it was like to study abroad in the spring and, you know, how kind of COVID came into that whole process? Uh, yeah, so honestly, one word to start it off is unforgettable. One of the easily, one of the best semesters of my college career. Um, it started off very slow. I was nervous about like making friends. Uh, for the first two weeks, I think I watched every single show on Netflix. Um, I was just in my room all the time, not doing a whole lot. And, um, and this is not, this is before COVID. So I should have been out like, you know, meeting people and interacting in my classes, but, um, I was having trouble with like homesickness and like I said, making new friends. But um, as soon as I got out there a little bit, I started going to the gym and meeting people, um, playing soccer, and um, and I took off from there. It I was just uh, again going on like ski trips and going on uh, little trips downtown, and um, and then COVID started to creep in a little bit. It wasn't that big of at first. But um, over time, it got worse and worse, and then eventually made its way into into Switzerland, and everyone got nervous. And then, literally within a night, half the school left, and it was like, "Oh, like this thing is real. Like this thing is here to stay." And people are getting sick. Um, I'm not really sure if I actually had it. I never got tested, but um, at one point, I did feel a little sick. But you know. Um, wasn't really sure if it actually was, but it was, it was crazy because we all thought we're all going to get sick. We all have to go home. We all have to go back to where we came from, like school's canceled or, or we have to take online classes, but we're not going to be in Switzerland anymore. And, and I was sad and, and my family's talking to me on the phone every day asking me, oh, you know, are you coming home? Um, my school is, is demanding that I return home right now. And I'm thinking like, and I'm looking out over at San Sal. I'm looking over, you know, the most beautiful view of Lake Lugano. And I'm like, nah, I'm not coming home. I think I'm, I think I'm just going to sit here and drink my freshly squeezed orange juice, you know. Um, and, and uh, yeah, that, that was that. It was, I signed a little piece of paper saying I accept whatever happens. And from then on, it was... Uh, yeah, like half the, half the school left, and then couple, within a month, um, maybe about 70 people were still, were still at the school. And, um, but at New Building, it was maybe 30 people total, and that was, that was where the fun started. We, we all got a little bit sick of each other, spending a little too much time, but all in all, we made dinner for each other. We played games, cards. We, had, we started a little underground poker tournament. We, um, we played uh, foot tennis. It was, like I said, unforgettable. Um, yeah, I feel like you guys kind of created 
and I've spoken about this briefly with Sebastian on another podcast, but um, you guys kind of created your own little tight-knit Franklin COVID family during that time. No, that was that. That's a perfect word to describe it. It's a little family because, like I said, we were we were making dinner for each other and experimenting with like different recipes, um, playing playing video games. Um, I never played heads up more in my life than than when I did at the height of COVID. But um, yeah, no, we had we had a little brunch. Uh, we made like this massive brunch out on that balcony of, of new building, and although it overlooked like the whole. Um, the the pit that now lies uh, the new the new C building or the new building there, um, but really you saw like you know San Sal and all the town like the little houses that cascaded down the hill that eventually made its way into downtown Lugano, um, and you know on the table we had pancakes, um, you know I think Oscar made like the best nachos that I've ever had I don't even know like how I made it but who knew he could cook. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like waffles, like literally eight jars of Nutella, like, you know, my, my dream, my dream, uh, no, unforgettable experience. I'm glad. And I'm actually curious. So what originally drew you to coming to Franklin as a study abroad student? So it was actually my first study abroad experience, uh, during the summer of 2019, I did a, um, a two month travel writing course in the, in the Netherlands. And, um, so that was my first experience being in Europe ever was when I was 21 or maybe 22. And uh, I didn't know what to expect being in Europe. Um, I was, I was a little nervous, a little unsure. I didn't speak the language. Luckily, every, most people speak English there, but um, it was a new experience, but that's what I loved about it was being somewhere that I'd never been before meeting people I hadn't been before or uh, met before and as soon as I was done with that program I was I was asking my advisors and teachers how can I get back to Europe what what do I have to do and they were saying oh it's a little late to apply for this program um, this program is not accepting people this major and I was like I don't care like tell me what I can do get back to Europe I don't care where or what I have to do and they were like ah well there's this program there's a semester abroad program that you can do in Switzerland in the in the town of Lugano um, it's Franklin University of Switzerland and I'm thinking I don't care what it is sign me up what I have to do to apply for the visa and you know I, I did everything I think I filled out the forms in one night I filled out everything I needed to do in a matter of one night turned it in and they were like it's not due for another month it's like I, I just I want to I want to do it so bad and um and I'll never forget when I got my visa, um, they have like a little sticker for the visa in your passport. And it's in three languages because in Switzerland they speak multiple languages. And, um, and it was like, it was so cool. The picture was god awful, but I love that it was in my passport. It was like a little thing for me. And, um, and I was so happy to just do something back in Europe. And when I got there, it was it was similar to the first time that I went uh, to, that I went to Europe, but it was so much more different, I guess, because uh, like I didn't I didn't know anyone. It was like a fresh start, but I was able to turn into a positive and just you know 
take advantage of the fresh start idea, I guess. Yeah. And so would you recommend those at Emerson considering studying abroad at Franklin to do it then? <laughs> Most definitely. Study abroad, not only at Franklin, but everywhere you can. I was, um, I was supposed to do another semester abroad in Spain. And then after that, do another semester in um, Los Angeles because Emerson has like a whole bunch of study abroad programs. And I was determined to do each and every one of them by the time I graduated. But unfortunately, COVID kind of uh, ruined that for me. So, um, but uh, no, definitely study abroad and do it as many times as you can. It's important to go to school where, where you applied to and make a foundation there. But if you can make foundations all over the world, there is an, um, an unlimited advantage, I guess is the right word. Yeah, I completely agree. And I was wondering, you know, what was the shift like coming from Emerson, living in the U.S., going to school in the U.S., and then going to an American school in Switzerland, and now living in Switzerland? What was that transition like for you? I wasn't crazily different. It wasn't as different as one might think because it was a similar setup. You're still going to school. You have classes. Um, you're staying in a dorm or an apartment. Like you still have roommates. It's still like a very similar routine. And um, you, you're, you're going to achieve similar goals, whether it be academically, um, socially. It all has like the very similar lifestyle, except the different landscape and the different view and the different language. Don't get me wrong, those are very major aspects and factors, contributing factors that make it a different experience, but it's not as big of a as big of a shift as one might think. Yeah, and something that you kind of mentioned a little bit in terms of um, homesickness earlier was that you struggled a bit with homesickness. And I wondered if you could kind of talk about that a bit more and how maybe you were able to have some strategies to overcome homesickness for those listening. It's definitely um, uh, something that I've had to overcome, maybe more than others. But uh, yeah, in the beginning, I was literally calling my mom every single, okay, I don't want to say every single day, but maybe every other day to, to a point where she was like, okay, can you need to like get out and do something. <laughs> and in reality, I didn't really do a whole lot. I was just calling other people in my family. I was calling my grandmother, my aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, my friends, my best friends and telling her, hey, like, what's going on? What are you doing? And they were like, oh, like, we're going out to the bars. We're going out doing this. We're going out you know, tubing or whatever. And it's so unfortunate that I didn't see that I could literally go outside and do the same things, but in a much, uh, like, more uh, in a different environment, an environment that's almost better because it's new and different and cool and in a different language. Um, yeah, it was it, it was hard to overcome because um, I I'll, I'll admit it I'm a bit of a mama's boy. Um, it's uh, it's something that I'll just never get over. But like when I miss someone, and I'll use my mom as an example. Like when I miss my mom, I miss her with everything because I just do everything with all of my heart. So I miss her so much more because like yeah, it's like I miss. I miss so much. Like I miss experiences that I'll never forget, such as Franklin in the height of COVID. I I miss the Pringles in the can before I even finish them because I know they're going to be gone in five minutes. Like 
I miss too much. I it's it's almost a problem that I gotta work on. But um, if I were to give any sort of uh, perspective, it's that miss with all you have because at least you have someone or something to miss from back home or or, or whatever. Because that means like you you know you have something valuable, you know, and um, which which is great. And so miss them with all you can, with all you have, and then go out and do the most, like make the most of like the opportunity you have. Um, it's, uh, it, it was funny because when I, before I left from home, before I left from uh, New Hampshire, where, where my family lives, and uh, I was dreading the, like the plane ride over to, to Europe. I wasn't sure what was gonna happen. I was nervous, anxious, all those feelings that you feel like I was feeling them all at once. I was uh, like the night before I left, I went over to go see, hang out with some friends and say bye to them. And, and I was giving them hugs and I was a little bit longer than, than normal. I was like telling them all, I'm going to miss you so much. Like, you know, what, what am I going to do? And I finally, you know, I got to, got to Switzerland, got to Lugano and I spent a couple of months, you know, getting acclimated and, and eventually forming these friendships that um, hopefully I'll never let go because when it was time to leave Lugano, I was having, I was in a similar situation. I was saying goodbye to my friends in Switzerland, holding on to them a little bit longer than, than, than normal, telling them like, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm going to be back soon. I'm going to see you soon. And, um, you know, unfortunately COVID once again disrupted that a little bit, but it really tests like the friendship and the relationship that I made um, in Switzerland. You know, it's it, yeah, unforgettable. Yeah, and actually, something we were kind of talking about before we recorded was just the idea of homesickness kind of transitioning. So you know, firstly being homesick for you know home in the U.S. and then coming to Franklin and like you mentioned, kind of having a similar feeling of homesickness as you leave Franklin. No, because you kind of form a home in Switzerland. Like you form a home abroad, wherever you form those relationships, that can kind of be one of your homes. That can be one of the foundations that you that you form, and and um, and it counts. It counts as homesickness when you're back in the house that you grew up in, and you're missing the people that you know you went to class with every day, that you played soccer with every day, that you hung out by the lake, and and you know, eight croissants or whatever. I don't know, but it's, um, that it counts as homesickness undoubtedly. Yeah. And I like what you were saying of, you know, as much as it sucks to miss these people, at least, you know, that you created something somewhere and had something to miss, you know? Yeah. No, it sounds cheesy, but like, it's, it's good to feel those as sucks as much as it sucks. It's good to feel those feelings because at least you have a heart. At least you have like something to miss and hold on to and love. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of riding this more sentimental wave. I was kind of hoping to pick your brain about some of your favorite memories at Franklin and just some of your favorite times that you think back to. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot. Um, it's, um, I don't know. It's, I, I would have to ask like my friends that like what, like, you know, it was there a certain moment where like you really felt you had to know me or something like that. But um, I think uh, 
if I were to ask my friends, I think maybe they would say, uh, they would mention how I used to like sing in the shower or something. Cause I always used to, <laughs> I, I always used to like blast the music in the shower and I would sing like my heart out because that's like one of the ways that I get acclimated. That's one of the ways that I cope with homesickness actually is to just sing or express myself in that way. And, um, <laughs> uh, maybe like the, it would be a little bit loud. Maybe I would sing a little bit loud, you know, not gonna lie a little bit off pitch here and there. Wasn't, wasn't perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, um, and when I, when I got out of the shower, one of my, my roommate, uh, Charles was like sitting there just like, what? Like he did like look on his face was priceless. He was speechless. Like, like <laughs> who is my roommate? Like this was maybe three, four weeks of like getting to know each other. We don't know each other that well. We're still feeling each other out. We don't know like what you know, gets us going like or whatever, but he got to know me that night. It was, uh, yeah, that was pretty funny, which reminds me, I think there was one time, I'm not sure if it was you, but a couple of the RAs were doing checks like around the uh, around campus, and um, and uh, I think I was singing in the shower in you know, normal routine. I was singing pretty loud, and like a couple of the RAs like knocked on my door and was like, "Hey, it's quiet hours!" Like knocking, banging on my door, saying like, "Keenan, like you gotta you gotta quiet down." Like this, people are trying to sleep outside. No, I swear I've heard you sing in the shower before. So maybe that was me. I'm not sure, but I swear I've heard you sing. Yeah, it was a couple of the RAs just like telling me, hey, like, cool it. And I didn't hear them because the music was so loud. So I just, you know, kept on waking up the neighbors at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm sure they like, well, from what I remember, your singing is actually pretty decent. So, you know, not to hype you up too much, but I heard, I remember it being good. So. No, it's, um, yeah, no, and homesickness is, uh, it definitely comes in, in different forms and different ways. It's different for everybody. People cope with it differently, but you need to find a way to like, like let it go, whether it be to hang out with friends, whether it be like exercising. Um, I used to, like, I, I really like to go for runs. That's how I am. I'm able to kind of connect with the area, especially if it's foreign, um, you, you run roads, you get a little lost, but you find your way back and you get to know the area maybe. But um, in the, like when COVID had really hit hard, um, the authorities closed all the parks. And um, so I couldn't really go running in, in the roads or the routes that I really liked to. So I would always go out at midnight or like one o'clock in the morning because that's when the police aren't out. And I would jump the rope into the park and, and run through and, um, and it was a little scary because, you know, it's the dark or whatever, but um, there, are, there are a couple people out still walking and you say good, good evening to them and, and um, you know, they, they, they respond. Um, it's, uh, and you're able to, like, form a connection with a stranger. It's, maybe that's not the best way of explaining it, but um, it's, uh, you, you just need to find something that really helps you uh, make the most out of the moment, every moment. And then eventually it makes the most out of every hour, every day, every week. And before you know it, you'll be missing the place that you felt sick of in the beginning. Yeah. And I actually, someone from Franklin, Andrea Briscoe, who was also on the podcast, she kind of taught me to think about each day as 24 hours. 
Yes. And I kind of like that idea of just overcoming one hour at a time rather than looking at this huge, like vast amount of time in front of you. But it's no, a, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say it's a similar vein to what you were yeah. saying. No, no, you're it's um it, that's a great way of explaining it because in a way like homesickness, it's a real sickness. Um our me mental sickness, it can it can keep you in your bed all day if you let it. But um if you're able to get out and maybe go grocery shopping and make yourself something to eat, even if it's just like pasta, I don't know what it is, but like the pasta in Switzerland is a little bit better than in America. And the sauce is a little bit better. Like the, the food makes you feel like a little bit better about, about the moment. And um, if you're able to go out on like a ski trip, like that, I'll never forget the ski trip that um, I went on to, at St. Moritz. Um, uh, I made friends that like I'll never, I'll never, hopefully I'll never let go of. Um, and it's amazing because you wouldn't think that they have some of the best pasta you've ever tasted at the peak, at the, to at the top of the mountain. You're having the best hot chocolate you've ever had in your life. And you're looking out over the Swiss Alps and you're thinking to yourself, like, I've, I've peaked, no pun intended. Like, you've, you're literally like, I've made it. Like, I don't have, I've, I've succeeded at life, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't even really like beer, but something about the beer up there yeah. is phenomenal. Maybe it's like the, the altitude, you feel like a little bit different, you're drinking a little, it's like there's something in the water. I don't know what they're doing over, in, but the Swiss, they, they know how to do it. They know how to live life. It's true. And I, it's an honor to be a part of that. I completely agree. And I was wondering, what is your favorite running route? For those listening, where should they go and run? Um, so if you, it's my memory of the, uh, of Serengo, um, geography is a little fuzzy at the moment, but if you go out to the, the Leghetto Park, mm -hmm. it's um, it's it's a pretty nice run. Um, I would I did it mostly at night, so I didn't see a whole lot. But like during the day, it's um, ideally there's people like playing soccer or f football or whatever in, in the parks, and people walking their dogs, and um, yeah. So like the Leghetto Park, and then there's these stairs that are some of the hardest stairs to climb if if you're running up them. And, um, and you kind of go through like the town of Leghetto and then you kind of circle around depending if you do one, two, three, four, uh, depending on how, how much endurance you have. But, um, yeah, you circle around the Leghetto area and then you come up right behind, uh, like the little school that's by the, um, by the monastery. And then you're able to come back down to new, to the new building. But, um, in addition to that, my, my advice would be say hi to everyone you can. Just about everyone's pretty friendly, but, um, you know, say buongiorno, buonasera, ciao. That's a pretty good one because it's fun to say. Yeah. And uh, but say, like, try to greet people and, and like, I, I don't know, because you're able to just talking to people might make you feel better. Um, yeah, no, there's... And then you can only go up from there. You can only create more unforgettable experiences from there. Yeah, no, it's true. And speaking of unforgettable experiences, you're in Athens now. And I'm curious, you know, what is up? Like, what is on your agenda? What is, what does the couple next month hold, the next few days? Like, what is happening with you now? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm living it 24 hours by, um, yeah, I'm living it day by day. 
um, I actually got a one-way ticket to to um, to Athens, and it was funny because when I was telling people, I was like, they were like, "Oh, like you know what? What's going on? Like you know what are you doing? What are you working or whatever?" And I was like, "Yeah, I gave my two weeks because I got a, I got a one-way ticket to 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 Europe," and they're like, "Wait, what?" okay, like, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm going to try and find a job or, or something like that. And um, so, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, I've been here for almost a month now, just um, making new friends, uh, spending time with my girlfriend. And uh, it's, been, it's been, yeah, only creating more unforgettable experiences. Like, um, so in terms of the agenda, it's not, I'll say it's flexible ready to receive anything yeah. but um yeah we're just kind of doing a little island hopping um really the the best thing that i really love to do is to try and live like the locals do like, so to speak i really try i try and live here um a lot of people might come to Athens and then go to mykonos santorini might and travel uh you know up up south or north for a few days or doing a little hopping around each area but I really like coming to Athens and learning Greek, learning the transportation system, eating, trying new foods. I never really go to the same restaurant, um, trying new things every day and, and really trying to live here as if I were living at home, really trying to live here. Um, so yeah, doing, yeah, like I said, do a little island hopping. Um, I love swimming in the water. It's the clearest water I've ever seen. I fall in love with it every beach that I go to and um, yeah, hopefully I can find a job. It's not going too well at the moment, applying the jobs online. And um, if I were to go into like a restaurant locally here in Athens, um, they just yell at me in Greek and it doesn't really work out as much as I would like it to, but um, you know, you just keep trying, I guess. And um Hopefully something will stick. Whether in, I'm not really married to the job of, um, I'm not really married to the idea of getting a job in Greece. If I were to, I would love to go back to Switzerland and get a job there. But the Swiss are a little picky about who they choose to let into their country when it comes to working there. They're a little stubborn. But um, if I if I get a job in Italy, anywhere in Italy, I love um, love the language, which I fell in love with in Ticino in, in Lugano, and um, I've actually, my Italian, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's not that bad. I was, I'm able to get around. So if I can get a job in Italy, I know that I can, uh, I can be happy there, undoubtedly. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And for anyone listening, if you have any jobs available for Keenan, hit him up. I'll leave his email in the description. Um, <laughs> Please do. Yeah, leave my LinkedIn link in the, in the description. Yeah. Well, I hope you have fun. I know you're looking to get your uh, diving license, so good luck with that as well. Nope. I was, yeah, if I were to get a job in, in diving, you know, being able to uh, live amongst, live and live under the sea, that would be, uh, wouldn't be my, I didn't think I would be doing that when I was, you know, young at 10 years old saying, oh, this is what I want to do when I'm older. But um, it is a growing passion, I think. And um, yeah be a dream well who knows where life will take you and thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and sharing a little bit about your story i really appreciate it and i'm very excited for all that's to come thank you thank you so much thank you for having me of course bye